welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. We love a link tree because it gets all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. What links reveals how you can help fund our adventure to London to cover DragCon UK. Your donation might get you an exclusive Block Talk pin. How cool is that? We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms you can listen to the podcast, plus links to PayPal and buy me a coffee should you feel the desire to tip your host. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for the news, reviews, and interviews. So now we learned that this is not how you do a crowning on a reality television show. The Boulay brothers promised us a season of twists and turns, and baby, did they fool us, even until the very last second. Welcome to the Boulay brothers promotional hour. It's time to discuss the finale of Dragula Titans, and joining me is someone who is about to fall down the rabbit hole known as my vent session. It's Alice in Wonderland. How are you? Hello, hello. I am here, and I'm ready to speak on this finale. Now, let's do the niceties here. Um, Happy belated birthday. Thank you so much. Um, What did uh, Obscura get you for your birthday? Uh, She gave me a wig and she took me to a nice expensive dinner. I'm glad it wasn't crabs. Well, you know, can't give me what I already have. Team. I'm (laughs) glad you had a great birthday. Thank you so much. We're going to begin, and I'm going to very slowly read the disclaimer so everyone hears it, so there's no confusion. This is an entertainment podcast. We are discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us through reality television production. We are shown what the editing of a television show wants us to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, these are real people that have been given the opportunity to go on television to share their crafts, but they have also put themselves in a position to be discussed. What is said in this podcast is for entertainment to discuss a reality television show. Period. Allison, what did we watch? <laughs> An hour of my wasted time? I don't know. I um feel bad for these yeah. contestants. Yeah, to go through all that for that? Like, we know that Drag Race has gone into the world of self-promotion, if you will. Where, yes, we do certain challenges to sell music or merchandise, or we have repeater badges so the queens can have it, but we can buy them too and feel like we're a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. This was an hour of the Boulets promoting their three projects and using their contestants against their will. It's very evil, which I guess is fitting, but. I I just don't understand how we were promised one thing and they're going to continue to gaslight us through this entire episode Mm -hmm. and get the result that we did this entire season. Yep. You're absolutely right. Let's go through this. First off, we have to discuss the shady, shady Eva editing in the previously on. You haven't seen the last of me because I'm, and then she falls through the trap door. That was brilliant. I'm not going to lie. Give credit where credit's due. Oh, that was great reality TV editing. Brilliant. A gag, truly. 
Now, we will have a reminder that on episode one, we did have the Boulets as the Brides of Frankenstein moment, where we're going to return for one more movie moment as they tell us all bad things come to an end. And that line has new meaning, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. They also are like, if you think our surprises were over the top, we've been saving the best for last. Bitch, what? If you're referring to the final moment of this episode, I want a refund on my AMC Plus subscription. If, if that's the best, then I'd hate to see what the worst is. I just want to know, like, I know that, like, there's a team that puts together all these shows. And, like, Survivor has the dream team that puts the challenges together. And we love what they do. Um, there are a lot of editors and, and people involved in the editing of TV shows. And Drag Race, we obviously know. Um, there, there's a team that puts RuPaul into rubal mode and there's a team of editors and and designers and creators who craft the show do we criticize the show absolutely but it's now feeling like dragula is the boulets in michael and that's it no one else is allowed to have a say what they think is brilliant is not working for anyone else if that's brilliant then i guess i don't have a brain because i don't think drag queens do have brains haven't we proven that this season you know, I do perform as the Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz, so maybe it's fitting. There it is. Now, we are back in the boudoir with our final three, Hoso, Victoria, and Coco, and it's all smiles and happiness. Um, and Coco is dressing up a tad, and she's going to get even better looking in this episode. Mm-hmm. Where, was she, where was she hiding these clothes? She was kind of serving looks all season, no? But this was like preppy um, schoolboy on a way. Well, I mean, it was the finale. She had to show out. It's true, it is true. Now, Hoso says that last week was very emotional as they had to send two of their very talented sisters home. And she was a very emotional mess that day, but she says, coming back, she's getting her head in the game. Um, Are you a fan of the hit movie musical, High School Musical? Absolutely. Um, If you were to play a character in High School- Sharpay Evans. Okay, wow, okay. Um, Am I trying to make High School- um, Dragsicle a happening thing in 2023. Yes, I am. Well, don't even audition anyone else for Sharpay because I'm that bitch. So when I so when I first floated this idea out, um, I did have someone slide into my DMs saying they are a Sharpay. Would you like to know who that person is? Who was it? Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So you might have some competition. Well, she's too busy with drag race. I'll take it. Yes, she, she is. Now, Victoria is gagged that Eva dropped, and host was like, Astrid was more understandable. Wow, she got over her quick. Yikes. Yikes. As Victoria <laughs> says, she didn't have any fight left to say. Hoso says that it would be, he would have been able to say Astrid's name in the cauldron had she fought for it more, but Victoria reminds her that the lie detector test was very telling. Coco will remind us and infuriate me that Eva had one more win than she did. She says that what sets her apart from the others who are no longer there is the fact that she personally loves to take risks and take big swings. Some paid off and some didn't. She believes that shows just as much drag and just as much effort. We all know where I stand on that comment. Where do you stand on that comment? I don't necessarily think that the amount of wins matters as much. Like, I, don't, I don't think that should be the deciding factor of who goes into the finale. Um, and I mean, personally, I was team Coco out of the two. I love Eva. Um, we've been acquainted for quite a few years now. And uh, I live for her, but I was very excited to see Coco in the finale. So you're saying you can half-ass things and get to the finale? 
I don't think Coco half-assed anything since the first two episodes. After that, she kind of did that for the rest of the season. Okay. Well, Hosta will do some very bad acting here as she's like, now that I'm thinking about consequences, we need to get her on in an acting class before she's on TV again, please. Um, <laughs> but I also love that she's trying to justify these consequences once again that we already know. Just, they meant nothing. We're not consequences. What, what, like... If there was going to be consequences, it should have been a bigger thing. It, it should have, I said it last should have been week, a moment. If you really wanted to have a consequence, both Hoso and Eva should never have been allowed to win another challenge. And that should have been their consequence. To yeah, see if they can make it. That, that would be fair. That would be called good television. It would. It would. Coco thinks that there are some going to be some more consequences to come. Uh, what else are you wanting? Um, does she want Hoso to automatically lose? Like, what else do you want from this show? I mean, clearly it's a mess anyway, so I guess anything would be possible. Now, Hoso says that they are in the top three of the bad bitches in the competition of bad bitches. Top three motherfuckers is the cue for the alarm sound because we're going to go right to the main stage. No more uh, making small talk. The ghouls are greeted by one last video message from the ghoulies. This is It Titans the Grand Finale. Only one of them can be crowned the ultimate dragon titan. Their first step to the crown is to prove to them that they can speak publicly as true representation of the brand, as they will be joining them as a special guest on their podcast, the Boulay Brothers Creature of the Night. Boulay Brothers promo plug number one. Check. Then on the main stage to conceptualize, produce, and perform one Colossal Floor show that shows that they believe they have the four tenants of Dracula, drag, filth, horror, and glamour. And they will be doing it while lip-syncing to their new song, Ascension. Boulay Brothers promo plug number two. Check. They may use backup performers, video and lighting elements, special effects, or whatever they think they can use to make the ultimate show, and they will allow the full use of the Titan stage they are standing on. They will remind them that this is a new version of the finale, and they will not be doing the three individual floor shows and combine everything in one performance instead. Now, the execution result away. What did you think of this new version? Did you, did you think it could have had potential? No. So why do you think they changed it? Because they wanted more time to promote their podcast. And I mean, Thank who you. even likes podcasts? <laughs> um, you just took part of my joke that I'm going to use later, but we'll get to that. To it we'll get to it um yeah i i also think it was because well they're like look we have a song we can promote it but we're not gonna let them do what they actually have to do to win this crown so here do our song and the song wasn't even good you know what? i'm a credit where credit is due would i listen to it again sure did it did it retain some memory in my brain a little bit yes um is it going to be read you wrote to you never never i don't think i would even listen to it again honestly that's fair okay now here's where i think they opened up a can of worms that really started to bother me they say they will consider how they have performed this season how they scored in the performance and interview as well as how they performed on their original season i mean let's be honest that last part should have kept coco completely away from this crown why are they bringing this into this what is the point like, could you imagine if we did that on Drag Race? Raja would not be wearing a crown right now. That's true. Yeah. Isn't the whole point of an all-star season to have a new arc, redeem yourself, 
and show the new version of you? Why? Yeah, are we I feel like the past this? should be the past. It should be on this season, like what you present now. Uh, that that's like again fairness. Technically, Victoria has another uh, season on her hands with Resurrection. So it's like, it, how how do you compare these? Like, I don't understand why they included this. I think that they manically created this finale and none of the pieces make sense. And they said, you know what? We made something and it's going to have to be good enough. Now, what would you do for a final floor show knowing you have to put all the tenants together? Um, I don't know. Because, and I... Where... Where has the filth been this season? So, like, does that really matter? So I'm like, what would I do? Because does filth really matter? Apparently or... filth is blood in your mouth. That's the filth of the season. Well, let Slimy me bite my tongue thing. real quick. <laughs> um, I feel like you would do a, um, a, a eulogy, a tribute to Dead Lady Gaga. Even thinking about Dead Lady Gaga makes me want to cry. But you know what I would do? I would do Lady Gaga when she was vomited on at South by Southwest. That's Ooh, filthy. That's Bill. Now we will be jumping right into podcasting for their appearance on Creatures of the Night. Um, do you listen to that show? And if so, do you think that show is better than the one you are currently on? Well, I can say that the one that I'm currently on is the only podcast I listen to. So. Oh my God, really? Thank you. You're so sweet yes. and so kind. Now they're going to be recording on the main stage and like, don't say it's a podcast recording if there's no microphones or podcast equipment, like literally on that set. Like, fire upon you. What were they doing? Were they just having a little conversation or? Filmed for television. I mean, even when they were doing What's the Tea on Drag Race, they would at least have microphones there to pretend right. like they were actually recording a fucking podcast. <laughs> also, the Boulets were wearing their comfy looks, and I respect that for podcasting. Honestly, yeah. I'm here in a t-shirt and some shorts. Me too. If I ever get dressed up for a podcast, it's because there's a live podcast and there's an audience present. Otherwise, I'm wearing shorts. Exactly. Now, joining them, as always, is Ian DeVolger, who is the supervising producer of Dragula. He deserves some of the blame for the season too, don't he? But I forgive him a little bit. He's cute. He sure does, but that is a fine, fine man. So cute, right? Very sexy. Very sexy. Now, before we bring out the monsters, we have a bit of gaslighting as the Boulays and Ian discuss their thoughts in the season. Ian says it's the culmination of a Frankenstein's monster of a season and says he has not seen Frankenstein's monster pull so many stunts and gags. And I say, where are the stunts and gags? Oh, wait, the gag is that there weren't any. I mean, Abora coming back was kind of a gag. Yeah. And then we lost the whole plot. We didn't do what we did in episode one. Episode one didn't count. So technically... Episode two is episode one in their eyes. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. Drac will say that this is a culmination of the first chapter of Dragula, and this is going to be a theme of this episode. She says it's a celebration of everything they've done up until this point. She says chapter two will be a whole different book. What do you anticipate this could be? Because there's been a lot of speculation on the internet um, and a lot of confused and irritated people being like, what 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 are you going to do next i don't know what this could mean because they bounce between so many different places to watch it and 
I'm like, if this is what the first, if, if this is any indication of what the second chapter is going to be, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching. It's, it's a little disheartening to think like they thought this worked. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's hard to watch artists that I respect be put in that situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to it and discuss like the reaction from the fan base um, because as someone said, it was brave of them to keep the comments on. Um, <laughs> but I just don't know how as two producers who are very, very in tune to the fandom, how they could sit back and be like, yeah, this was great. We, we, we are proud of what we just did. Well, delusion. Sure, absolutely. You know, if if in your head that you think that you made something sickening, maybe it is sickening. I mean, you see it all the time on Drag Race. Girls create something really bad in a design challenge, but they have it in their head that it's good. And you can't tell them that it's not sickening. Don't tell me I'm sickening. No, that's totally fair. I mean, listen, I don't don't believe that they listen to this podcast. I'm not going to gaslight myself and say they do. But... I know they do look at my story sometimes, like at least the Dragula uh, uh, account does. Like when I posted the picture of um, Victoria with uh, describe it in a word or phrase, they saw that post. Okay. So they're, they're, they're looking, they're looking at what people are saying. And I hope they grow from it because this is a very important show, no matter what in queer culture to have alternative drag on this scale, it's important. And I think that's why we get critical of it because we want it to be better than it is. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll hear our loud ass opinions and do something about it. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, all right, let's do this. Also, Fright Feet is not torture for fun because arm wrestling and tug of war are child games. Oh my God. Who would win, you or Obscura in an arm wrestle? Probably Obscura. Really? I she's a big. Money she's you. a big. She's a big man. I'm like five eight. Okay, fine. All right, we'll go with that. Obscura, you win. Now. <laughs> We will have all three finalists appear all at once. Do you think this was fair? No. No. I believe you can't talk freely when you're navigating two other personalities fighting for the same thing in the moment. Exactly. It's hard to do this podcast with Obscura. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> um, no, but I, I really, like, again, if you're going for this idea of, like, giving points out for, like, it's a pageant, it's, it's individual. You do it solo with the... Yeah, with you the, need to see how they... Oh. they react to something one-on-one, how they can hold a conversation and how they can, you know, hold themselves and, as a potential. And winner. what's really interesting is the kinds of questions they each got. Cause I mean, if we're <laughs> simply going based on the edit, I was like, Oh my God, Victoria's about to lose. She, they don't give a shit about her. Right. They were being very harsh on the girl. Um, but Coco, she said, I dumb pageants and this is where you dress up and look your best. And she looked fucking incredible. That she suit, did amazing those contacts perfect for her oh it was a serve she I was living amazing. possibly no. her best look of the season i'm <laughs> kidding i'm kidding oh so how so we'll say <laughs> that this was a full of unexpected turns left and right and victoria says she didn't know what to expect for exterminations as she was told to edit herself and say no there are known as fright feats now listen if your cast members can't master the lingo of the season then it's clearly not working i mean who cares about a fright feat? Hoso will bring up the fact that everyone has to participate in the fright feats at the beginning, and Drax says they don't want people to sneak by, but that's not what the extermination challenges were for. It was for one last chance for them to, you know, lip sync for their life in monster form. Yeah. 
There's it was that last. It was it was that last chance to show your drive. Now at the end, you don't have a chance to show your drive. You're just sent packing. It was all predetermined. And now again, I'll tell you right now, I was okay with not having any extermination challenges if it was going to be determined by a vote. Oh, I would love that. A vote would be great. Episode one, we had it. I, I don't I know we were what we did great. wrong. I thought we were onto something great with the vote. I said, I oh, this is going to be a juicy season. I, and I, I and as I speculated beginning of the season, I really do think it's because they did not want a Bora going home, but they knew if they were going to vote every single week, a Bora would be the one who would consistently be there and they can't save her every single time. So they abandoned the rules. That's true. That's true. Makes sense. Hoso will joke that on Titans, they were all Erica, which is kind of mean, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. Coco I mean, will say that she wasn't surprised as she anticipated the surprises and was surprised when there weren't any surprises. And if you took a drink anytime the word surprise was mentioned, you're dead. Maybe I should have done that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they will be asked why they did the fright feats and ask if they were successful. Mama, listen, you say yes to that question, even if you don't agree. There ain't a crown on your head yet. Right. I mean, if, if these are the people that could potentially be giving you $100,000, you do what you have to do. Now, Coco will say that they were put forth because to really make the person question what they want to make them prioritize your goals and dreams is your fear stronger than your desire. Jack will claim that some of their fellow competitors were trepidatious to show who they really were on camera. And there's no way to edit yourself. Why did they hide? Well, Hoso says it was the normalization of being torn apart online. She experienced the nastiness. Now, I, I know you are familiar with the, the life of Miss Hosa Teratoma. I am. Um, She's a good friend of mine. I love Hosa. What kind of things did she put up with besides me apparently screaming and yelling and ranting? <laughs> oh. I mean, she is a uh, an Asian person. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a lot of, you know, racism thrown around because, you know, these fans are wild. And just people saying things like, your drag is all the same, your, just anything you can think of. And it's really sad. Yeah. As a drag artist, I've even gotten it. Obviously not on that scale because I haven't been on TV. I have been on Block Talk though. That's true. If you've gotten hate mail from anyone from being on an episode of Block Talk, please tell me. Oh no. And it, even if I did, it's my fault for being so annoying with my opinions. <laughs> not annoying. Um, blunt and honest that's the whole point of this show is we say our opinions if you don't agree with us that's fine we engage in conversations yeah, it's my favorite absolutely. thing absolutely i'm very blunt with my opinions it's the new jersey <sighs> same now <laughs> um victoria says that the fandom feels like they can really be mean as they no longer are human as they believe them to just be characters i love you victoria but please refer to my disclaimer you are on television you put yourself in a position I, it's I, true. I give myself the, the, the disclaimer though. It's true, but also, even if you're not on TV, people don't view drag queens as people. That that's fair. Unless you actually work within nightlife, then you don't. You don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Ian is glad to have a top three of all villains. And I was like, wait, these are villains? I would say maybe Coco is a quote unquote antagonist, but she's not a villain. Melissa's been the only villain this season. Yeah, and none of them were villains on their original season either. Oh. Coco wasn't there long enough to be a villain. Victoria was just cunt on her season, and Hoso was also just cunt on her season. So, Are we potentially just not viewing the same show that they're viewing? Maybe they're not giving us the good stuff. Maybe. So Hoso was asked if she's thinking about moving to the USA so they can stop buying these plane tickets. 
She says it's an option, but she values her impact in South Korea as there is no one who's doing what she's doing back home. Her bringing that influence meant a lot to a lot of people and felt that was important. Her visibility is changing Korean queer culture. She says if she wants to work there, the flight is paid, but says it is nice to have a home where she is part of the community leadership circle. This is the stuff we want during the season. Let her have this platform and discuss it during the season. Exactly. Let her mention that, you know, they don't have that kind of representation in South Korea and she's making big moves. It's important. It is. Now Hoso is going to be asked about the love triangle and questions if it is insensitive of her to have this experience with them as they not only don't have someone else while Hoso has a long-term partner. Hoso lays it out flat and says her partner and her have been together four and a half years, but their sexual and personal interactions don't have to affect what they have. Um, Clock Coco's face, she's not buying it. (laughs) Not at all. I mean, to be fair, this was the main plot line, the driving force between this entire season. Which I hated. I don't know how I, as Hoso's partner, would feel about watching this. I would trust that my relationship with that partner would be strong enough. But to then know that the editors were like, no, no, this is our central storyline. I, I would be upset. I would be very, very hurt. I would be too. Um, I don't know what's going on between them. I hope all is well. But again, like, I don't know if you saw the, the other day, uh, Hoso, Astrid, and Coco did a show together. Yeah, you know, like made jokes about like threesomes. Like, I think at this point like they're just leaning into it because they know that there's no escaping it. Yeah, I agree. Hosa says that if they are falling hard, she is transparent and she does not want feelings getting hurt. And to be fair and be the devil's advocate, girl, you led them on. She did. You, you, you she led Aurora on big time. She did, but also, was it for the TV? Somewhat, yes. And also, it goes way deeper than what was explored on TV because it's been going on for so long. Sure. Um, so I think that I think that it being condensed down for reality TV kind of hurt the situation because there's a lot to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Victoria will say that monogamy is really old-fashioned. And when Drac is like, tell us about it, I was like, oh, they have all done it once. Or maybe they were part of a Dragula orgy. You know what? Props to you, Mama. You know it's probably happened at least once. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Meanwhile, no one wants to do anything with me. Same. (laughs) Now we're going to still be on Hoso as she is asked what her parents think of her as a drag artist. She shares that her mom is a university professor that teaches feminism and gender theory and says she is a bad bitch. She says there was a natural worry, but she's the best mom she could ask for, except when she was Team Saint on season four. I want to meet Mrs. Tara Thomas. She seems like a cool lady. I do too, but after all the things that have come out about Saint, I hope she's not Team Saint anymore. Listen, that's a discussion for another podcast. <laughs> um, I still enjoy Saint. Um, I believe she's amazing so artist. Amazing artist. Um, I agree. But um, again, I'm waiting for the Boulets to address it. They have sometimes, to address it. Some, sometimes great artists aren't great people. That's the fact. Sherry True. Pie. Who? Who? Not the fracking. <laughs> now the Victoria, she is asked about her drag daughters. She has a full family tree. She says she has three and the rest are the kids. So she has drag, drag, grand drag kids. Time to get the tubes tied. Um, and she is called now the granny hag from hell. 
Does she wish she had any drag abortions? Full-heartedly. Um, I want to know who, Dahlia. I don't know. I mean, I'm good friends with Waka, who is Dahlia's partner. Mm. And I know there was a fallout between uh, Victorian Opulence and Waka and Dahlia, so they're no longer friends. Listen, here's the spinoff show. Dragula. Family therapy. I'd like to see it. It'd be more entertaining than this season, that's for sure. Listen, between the Blacks, you got Madeline Hatter to throw in there. You got Astrid. You have Dolly. Come on. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do that show. Yeah. Let's for it. I'd, I'd like to see it. It's time for a serious question. Victoria, if you could slap any member of the Boulay Brothers Dragula Titans cast, who would it be and why? And open palm or back of the hand. Are you fucking serious here? Always this is the question palm. you're asking her? Always open palm, mama. But that question... How does that decide who wins? Literally. She will say open palm and that person would be Oscar because she's being a brat. Um, so now we're about to get into like the important questions, right? 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 Are they going to get free passes for Universal Horror Nights? <laughs> and she says yes, and it could be from her own pocket. I, I see what we're doing here. We're using the cast for perks. I mean, I approve, but, but um, after the joking about bribing, the Blizz will then bring up the fact that they ordered two breastplates from her and after a season, now she charged them full price. Didn't they do enough for her career that they would get a discount? Or is it just them getting revenge because of bitch winning? I don't know. I heard her breastplates weren't that good. I heard her breastplates weren't that good. I had a friend who had one. The fact that we had this really cool conversation with Poso about what it means to be in Korean queer culture and about her mom. And what we're learning here from Victoria is, can I have free passes to horror nights? Can I get a discount for your breastplates? And who would you slap? Well, what did we miss? Did she not answer questions that were important? Or did she say, I don't want to answer those questions? It could be that, or Hoso is a minority. What is Victoria representing? White gays? I love Victoria. Regardless of that, but if we're watching this episode trying to understand how we decide on a winner, this is a slap in the face to Hoso and Coco. Absolutely, but I don't... On the other hand, I don't know what questions like that would be for Victoria. Ask her about the art, how she creates her things, how she got into the world of... of, sci-fi effects the way she did there's so much to ask her about at least just within the art of drag i mean i still think that that's not even anywhere near the same level of what they were asking of course not but like these were such throwaway questions i mean maybe they were just trying to throw us for a loop maybe they were just putting in a little red herring (laughs) literally now we will then learn that um she may or may not have gotten James Majesty so high that they messed up on their floor show. Um, have you ever gotten so high before a show that you just couldn't perform? I have a story for you. Let's hear it. I was doing a drag brunch in Seattle last summer. Uh, and the host gave us all blunts as a tip before the show. And I smoked the whole thing, not realizing West Coast weed is way stronger than East Coast weed. Yeah, it uh, is. I hadn't eaten it all that day. All I had was a drink. Uh, and I threw up all over the dressing room and laid on a pile of cardboard boxes and could not perform. Wow, good job. That's an amazing story. I had quite quite the experience. When you started asking that question, I was like, do I have a story for you? 
Was there anything during the season that Victoria didn't want to do? Well, Drac will say the word extermination. And I'm like, again, if the show's creators can't grasp the new lingo, why the show hell should we as viewers? But anyway, Victoria will say the bobbing for apples when she saw the pig head. She has never snouted a pig before, to which Swan is like, I've heard stories that contradict that. In a different sense, Victoria just might be a kinky bitch. I follow her alt Twitter, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Victoria would bring up that there would be a challenge that she thought there would be a challenge making them cross two buildings over a pool of piranhas and that is what I really wanted this season god that would have made this season more interesting the, the show the fucking challenge does more intense things yeah see maybe you want to be on MTV payroll not AMC I mean I heard Shutter was going under anyway so well, it's all AMC, so it doesn't matter. I have the AMC Plus because I can now watch The Walking Dead and Mad Men. <laughs> I haven't watched The Walking Dead since like season three. I just started it. It's interesting. You got a lot of seasons to get through. I know. I'm almost done with season two, but we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. Toko was asked about competing in pageants and if that helped her before she got there. Toko says that the realm in which she competed in pageantry allowed her to learn how to lose before she won. And when she did reign, she was told, here's your prize package and crown. Your reign is what you make of it. All the things she expected were non-existent. She says, when you get to the top, it puts everything in perspective. She will say, why do I have to have this title to do what I want to do? Why can't I reign all the time? I wonder if that was the demise of her not winning the season. No. I could see why you would think that. I could see why you would think that, but this is... (laughs) They made this season for Victoria. Of course. It was no, obvious she was going to win from the start. There, nobody had a chance. Nobody had a chance. So, I mean, was it a little say, bit of a shot in your own foot? Yeah, but. She will say she knew her goal when she got to Titans, but she didn't need a crown or a sash or $100,000, but it'll make things a lot easier to do so. Meanwhile, I'm like, no, $100,000 will like change this podcast please give me a hundred thousand dollars literally a hundred thousand dollars that's a lot of money listen if i got like a million billion dollars i would pay my guests lots of money to be here and and have more fun and crazy games and here i am just to be shady right that's payment enough for me (laughs) drac will say that there's no one on the show that endured her trust to open up to them she says that's true because nine times out of 10, she doesn't share her stories just to share them. She shares her experiences because the people around her can benefit from them. And she says it's hard to believe the outlandish dumb stuff she's done in the last 27 years. Now you have just turned 24. Um, what is the top thing of dumb shit you've done in the 24 years on this planet Earth? Aside from being friends with Obscura, of course. What's the rating on this podcast? This is PG-13 or R or... Oh, no, this is... Uh, we, we put that explicit rating on, girl. Um, oh, there's so many. High school was a wild time for me. Um, I don't remember high school. It was so many years ago. It was six for me. Honestly, the wildest thing that I've ever done is probably that story that I just told you about throwing up at brunch in Seattle. <laughs> Hey, that's a great story. It's a very, very good one. And it gets better. It gets better. Later that night, I went out to the Eagle. And we were leaving the bar. And we got chased by a man with a machete. 
they weren't at the Eagle, I'm hoping. No, these people were okay. outside. He came running down the street with a machete, just swinging it. And I had to like push my friend back in the door. He didn't see the guy with the machete. I was like, go, go. That's crazy. So Coco was learning as she goes. And when it came to learning queer dating apps and gay culture in general, when you have a parental stru- structure that isn't aware of those things, it could render the youth very vulnerable to the community. Knowledge can help the outcome. Don't go hook up with that 59-year-old at 2 a.m. on a street you've never been to in a car with no license plates. Been there. Allison. I was do we have to, once. Do we have to put the parental locks on your phone again? I was 16 once. That's true. I was very straight when I was 16, so I've the wildest thing straight. I did was date a girl. Oh, yes. Coco was asked about being attracted to some of the cast members on the show during the lie detector test. And she will say she was attracted to Eva. Do you ship it? I'm attracted to Eva, so. Battle Royale. Listen, she can have her. One of the tenants of Dragula is Filth. And Drax says she knows that she performs with Dolly and Astrid regular, so she has it covered. But another is hard and is asked to give her best witch cackle. It's a giggle. <laughs> At least she knows how to make fun of her own show. Um, Ian will give her a few names and wants her to answer truthfully and honestly. Friend zone or fuck zone. Which is a fun game. And I think I'm going to introduce that to the new podcast of 2023. <laughs> I want to play that game. Um, I don't, be careful what you wish for. I want to play that game. Obscura, friend zone or fuck zone. Friend zone. <laughs> All right. So this is the answers that we get from Coco. Frankie Doom is friend zone. Loris, friend zone. Victoria Elizabeth Black, both. And Victoria will say, well, they already did it. Now, she's just referring to like the, the wrestling challenge. The wrestling challenge, really? yeah. I think it was just the wrestling challenge. I don't think they did it? No. Do you think they practiced the wrestling challenge and know to like wrestle? Maybe. You know what? Maybe. Ooh, Who's the top? Who's the bottom? Victoria's definitely the top. Okay. Someone, someone tweet to them and find out. Let, come okay. back and let us know. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have because they have to go get to work on the grand finale. Now, Swan will say that they will see them next time. It will be to crown one of them. <laughs> that's a funny joke. They're really funny. They're going to see them <laughs> to crown them? I guess they're not seeing them again because We'll get to it. Don't you worry, friends. We will get to it. We're going to head to the boudoir as they have to get to work on. Victoria thinks the chat with the boulets went well. She was nervous at the beginning, but she felt good. Hoso has done this before, but she felt more prepared before. Victoria was nervous about some of the questions, like, what? Asking for for free passes? (laughs) Like, that was a hard question. Was this their fright feat? Allegedly so. Maybe. Maybe they did ask Victoria the hard-hitting questions and they didn't put them in as a red herring. Maybe I was right. I hope so. I really hope so. <laughs> now, the way we're going to do this week is basically a one-on-one with each queen as they take their space in the boudoir alone to work on the designs. Very, very cinematic the way they were doing this whole section. Versus Coco, who is inspired by a very fucking terrifying creature known as the Black Widow Spider. She finds it strong and terrifying and beautiful. Are you... Someone with arachnophobia. No, I love spiders. I used to have tarantulas. Yeah. I love them. I used to own two tarantulas. They were great. 
So you'll be using insulation tubing as well as 12 gauge wire, cellophane spray, paint, flex seal, super glue, anything she can get her paws on. She'll be going full Monty and will be building a full spider body. She thinks it's easy to break down the tendons of Dragula when you have three separate chances to do so. But when you combine it all into one, it's more complicated as they each excel at different tendons, which I fully agree. I think the way she presented that just now was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Why don't we see it from any of them? Because none of them do, Phil. I mean, yeah. Next, we have Shirtless Hoso, who is building a giant cocoon of an outer garment that is covered in liquid latex and a bunch of gross stuff that she'll burst out of to be in her final full form insect queen. She'll be making her claws out of expansion foam, fabric, liquid latex, and EVA foam. She is concocting it into a crutch so she can lean on it. She is confident in this and believes that this will show why she is the artist who deserves to win. Hoso is, I have never found Hoso to be the most intricate when it comes to explaining why they deserve what they deserve. We can see it, um, verbalizing it. I'd love to help her out. I don't know how, but I think she can elaborate more on what she does to make it a little more accessible. Because I think that's been the critique that she got all season is Mm -hmm. she's good at drag. It's not as accessible as they would like it to be. Yeah, I could see that. How can Poso take this as a learning experience, this experience on the show, and keep her drag present, but be a little more accessible? Is it more tutorials? Is it more videos? What, what, what can she do? Or does she not have to do anything? Um, I honestly don't know because I'm kind of the same way. I'm not good at explaining why. I'm kind of just, here it is. Do you think that maybe public speaking is something that potential drag show contestants should do a little more of? Oh, 100%. There's nothing wrong with taking an improv class. and There's nothing wrong with like trying to elaborate and, 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 and explain what you're doing. Because again, everything that we saw Hoso create this season is fucking amazing. I just want an into it. I want to, I want to learn more. Yeah. I mean, she posts Instagram stories that kind of detail her process into her looks and everything, which I think is maybe a step. I think part of it could be age. Oh, fully. You know, cause she is young. Time, there's time to grow and learn. Exactly. And exactly. It's now time for, for Victoria, who will give us the gist of keeping your childhood roots close to you and using that to your greatest advantage later in life. She will start as a little kid version of herself looking back at her life through home videos and then we'll see the future version of herself trying to create the perfect Victoria. It will be an epiphany that it is the heart of the child that will give Victoria the oomph. And it's like, okay, that's the explanation. That's the story I want to hear. Share that because at least yeah. now I have an in to what we're about to see. Right, at least now I get the, the story. She will be making an electrocution table that is pretty morbid, but she'll be creating the perfect body using random body parts that she's acquired and piecing them together like a puzzle. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Okay. If you were to take parts of a body of past Dragula contestants to make the perfect drag monster, what would you take? Okay. I would take... Take Victoria's face. I think her makeup is so good. All right. 
I would take, hmm. Can it just be Victoria? Hey, if that's what you want, go for it. <laughs> Listeners, this is your chance to now tell me, who would you put together to make the perfect Dragula monster? I just think that Victoria is like the epitome of horror drag. She is. She's, she's brilliant. She really is. She will be using raw umber paints to give the table a grungy look. She says she's never done anything to this scale. And I was like, girl, we watched Resurrection. She you built whole sets. You fucking did. <laughs> We're going to get a little bit of a retrospective before we get to the meat of this episode. And by meat of this episode, the music video. Um, Coco says that this journey was a roller coaster and the only the best of the best are able to roll with the unexpected things in life, which sets out the winner for the rest. She says your reign and your time on Dragula is what you make of it. She knows what she was capable of and her goals was to get everyone on the same page. Guess I'm still a few chapters behind. <laughs> she says she's focused, been focused. She came there to do drag, to represent herself and the things she stands for. And she's done that unapologetically every step of the way. All the work has paid off. Um, I I will agree with her that she has been unapologetically herself. And um, you can't say that about every contestant this season. That's true. Very true. Victoria says that this journey was one of the best she's had on Dragula. This is the time to push those limits in thinking so large you have to scale back slightly. She says season two was finding herself in the kind of character she wanted to be. That experience was boot camp for Victoria. Now it's blown up and the possibility of getting that crown is insane. She says she has shown how diverse she can be. She's super professional to work with. She wants to be the inspiration of others and showcase her art for their enjoyment. She wants to win this. This is the most passionate she's been about anything in her life. She puts so much work and love and everything into this and has shown she can be our queen. What's one thing that you've put all your heart and soul into? Lady Gaga. Yeah. yeah. Does she know you exist? She, when I went to see her in May uh, at her jazz show, she was singing Born This Way and she said, if you're LGBT, stand up. So I stood up and screamed and I was in drag and I had these big black feathers on my head. She had these big black feathers on my head, on her head. And she goes, I see you, Queen in the Feathers. You look like me. There it is. You won. So, Life is over. She exactly. I could die. Are. I could die happy. Also says her character is a metaphors, metamorphosing insect queen, which, signif- which signifies a lot of her experience. She starts from getting diagnosed with cancer and facing death and persevering through it so she can leave a mark on Earth as an artist. She says Dragula saved her life. Not winning season four didn't stop her. She has learned so much and is transformed as an artist. She knows who she is with her transition journey as a trans femme person and her drag aesthetic. She says she won. She wins because she is part of the Dragula success story and she represents that in a way that hasn't been showcased before. She creates drag like no one else does. It's now or never and feels like it's now more than ever. This is destiny for her as this is her moment. Yes. If yeah. you were a bug, what bug would you be? I'd be a praying mantis. Okay. Yeah, I think they're really cool. We're going to head straight to the main stage for our final floor show. Again, I will give credit where credit is due. These looks that the Blades are wearing, exceptional, brilliant, possibly the best thing they've ever worn. I wouldn't say that. 
I think it was so cool. Um, it was. Maybe I'll have to go back in time and figure out what was better, but this one will, this one stays with me because I saw a body. They had body. That was different. That was very different for them. I did like that. body. Now, this final floor show has been quite controversial as it did feel like a glorified music video for the relays where the final three did not get to showcase their art the way that it deserved to. Um, we don't even get to see their shows in full as they're just intercut in the way the boulets and the editors want us to see it. It's unfortunate. That's been my issue with Dragula for a long time. I feel like the floor show editing makes it so hard for me to see the looks, see the vision, and see what the queens are doing. And then when we get to the critiques, we're like, oh, well, you did this. And we're like, well, we didn't see that. We only saw it in the flashback. Right. I'm like, how are we supposed to understand what you're critiquing if we're not getting the full story now we're not going to get to see a final judging to the contestants but the belays will give their feedback i will incorporate some of their thoughts as we discuss them as we discuss each contestant's looking performance um we're not going to discuss what the belays say on how they performed on their other seasons as it truly just has nothing to do with this final floor show yeah it it, it it's kind of irrelevant <laughs> So yeah, we're going to dive into what was presented to us. And again, um, it's what is presented to us and that's what we have to go off of. Yeah. Um, in honor of the floor show, we will play Monster or Flopster. Okay. Victoria Black. No designers listed. Um, but I think Jeffrey Kelly did the It was look. It was Jeffrey Kelly, yes. Um, I, I think the visual of watching the video was quite strong. I like the imagery. She's been a witch and a monster since she was a youngster. And that was like, that's full circle. That's like a really yeah. cool cute thing to see. Um, her look is very meh. And I understand it is hard to produce filth, horror, and glamour here. And I did not like that she didn't do that. But she did have a stunning look in the final form. It was just not all, all the tenants. I think that she put the tenants into the performance and not the look. Great. Love that. Yes. Let's go with that. Um, Because again, we don't know what they were told. We only know what we were told. And that's not what we were told. Exactly. Um, She did indeed give you a show. um, But again, I wish I could see this one in full, like with no interruptions, because I feel like there was a full story arc. Yeah. I wanted, I need more to understand it. Um, And I will say she is not known to be the strongest performer, but she served. She gave it to you in a way that we knew she wanted this crown more than ever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have to say this such is such a strong lip sync. This is the best Victoria performance I've seen. There was there was life in that face. Mm-hmm. Do we give credit to tell. the song? I don't know. I think we give credit to Victoria wanting to win. All right. Yeah. Listen, I'll, I'll take that one. You can now, perform Swan, a bad song. Now, Swan says that Victoria is the mad scientist to drag as she is a creator and crafter and builder. She says the message of bringing your inner child's heart and bringing that heart into your creation as an adult is so powerful. She became her own monster. Drax says she built the props in 48 hours, which is impressive, and I don't understand why that should matter for anything, but whatever. <laughs> she says creativity was a 10, craftsmanship was a 10. She says her show was the most well thought out, reaching back to when she was a child, tied it back to season two, and coming back here. Yeah. Performance good. Look, didn't serve what I thought we wanted here, but overall, I want to see this show, so I'll give it a monster. Yeah, it's a monster. Audience, I think you were focusing mostly on the look, which is totally fine because I didn't know what we were supposed to look on, but 57% monster, 43% flopster. 
that's fair. Yeah, I think based on the look, that's totally fair. But um, yeah. oh, it sucked. It sucked not being able to see this full performance. Yeah. Hoso Teratoma. I uh, know it's not listed, but I'm assuming it was Hoso. Hoso. Yes. She's giving you full filth and horror, but there's just no glamour at all. I wanted that insect queen reveal to be the most beautifully stoned look she's ever worn. Instead, she chose brown, which is the antithesis of glamour. Um, she certainly had an advantage of the performance element as she gave them dance and choreo like it was on tour, as she has literal experience having just come back from the tour. So her performance, again, shocked me because it was it was, it was was a dance number. She yeah. gave it the dance number. Yeah, the performance was great. Where was the glamour? I thought that she looked really cool. Really cool before she took the reveal off, and then she took the reveal off, and I said, it's certainly a garment on her body. Could you imagine if that thing was fully stoned the way Melissa did her um, predator look? Oh yeah, that would be sickening. That would have that would have won the season in my eyes. Yeah. Instead, she had a brown bodysuit with maybe five sparkles on it. Well, you know. Oh, it sucks. It really sucks. It, it it's it's a hard one to judge. Yeah, because again, I want to know what the full presentation was yeah because with victoria's we saw a beginning middle and end i don't know if that we saw that necessarily in hosos based on what was presented like i couldn't tell you what where goes where what like just piece it together yeah and that's not a good sign it's true it's true drax says she nailed the lip sync the best she loves when hosa pops and locks and all over the stage she says it was total culmination of her weird insectoid cryptid self she says the massive reveal was interesting and she had a lot of choreography and she did really well. She says it was a great finale show. Swan loves the idea of the sculptural slimy scary kind of outer carpus that is ripped apart to show a streamlined crystalline scary final form. She says every time she looked at the poso look on stage, she would blink a few times to really take it in and this was no exception. She says she is someone who really leans into the monster that they're looking for. Part one of the look, absolutely a monster. Part two, half monster. Part one of the look, monster. Part two, flopster. Our audience says 76% monster, 24% flopster. Coco Kane, no designers listed. Um, this, may, this look may not have been the most stunningly executed in full light, but what we saw on the stage, theatrical lighting, Coco did the most and it was quite strong. It was The, the way that sure. she was chowing down on that harness boy is like what I wish I could do every single day of the week. I did that last night. Uh, lucky lucky you it was my birthday yes, I know it's lucky you now I do <laughs> think she did capture Phil horror and glamour well glamour being the least of the three as far as the lip sync went I think she did well with the prosthetics I think she was glamorous yes but again I think in this world it's, it's the bejazzling that makes the glamour stand out a little more um was I she think- also limited in the performance to her look? Certainly. Did she duck walk like a spider? Yes, she did. Yes, I she think did. also, though, when you have to do filth and glamour in one, not even putting in the fact that you have to do horror with that, those two are polar opposites. So it's very hard to bring it all together. There, 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 are, two, there are ways. And I think stoning is one. And I think the beat could have been one because she could have had the most stunning face as a Black Widow. Yeah, that's true. 
stunning because we, we we've seen iterations of that from in other competitions before but yeah swan loved coco's look and performance she says her face was the deadliest she says that the look gave them what they have grown to accept from coco it was hair body sexy proportions she says coco came there to represent and declare the title as black widow of drag club she says the way she was eating up those boys on stage was exactly the way she ate up the competition all along Rack says it was an original idea and the look was incredible and fun, raw, DIY, and the hair was amazing. She says the show was flawless and the duck walk that made the spider legs move was so fun. She liked the way she jiggled the backup dancer's ass. She says she did a great job with the lip sync and her interpretation of the song was powerful. Um, I, I do think this was, in what was presented, a very strong moment for her, so I will give it a monster. Absolutely, 100%. Audience, 90% monster, 10% flopster. Good taste. It's time to find out who will be the ultimate titan. Like they do, we're going to have a journey to get to the result. We will walk through a spooky corridor as we see portraits of our fallen monsters. Yofska is giving filth, giving Dracula. Kendra is giving Teletubbies on the toilet bowl. Erica, yes, excuse you. She has performed in New York City and then it's twirled and swirled. Labora <laughs> is ready to let you all fucking have it. Melissa loves good tea. Astrid wouldn't have to even lose the gown. And Eva, we haven't seen the last of. We get to our final destination. It's a coffin with candles aflame. It's time to see a bloodbath, right? Wrong. This is worse than a Zoom crowning. It is a literal <laughs> photo reveal. What happened? To next time you see us, it will be the crowning. I... I'd like to think that there's some behind-the-scenes circumstances going on. Oh, we're going to discuss it. Um, first, we're going to learn that Victoria Elizabeth Black is our Dragula Titan winner. Do you agree? Absolutely, 100%. Me too. The, the, Victoria, no Victoria is the pinnacle of Dragula to me. I feel about her in the Dragula world the way I feel about Violet Chotsky in the drag race world. I think that, that Victoria is just the pinnacle of what is possible out of Dracula. Let's discuss some of the various conspiracy theories. Um, there has been um, some rumors that there was a tape issue. They had to go back and retape things. There's been discussions of, was it a different crowning and that they came back and decided, no, we have to give it to Victoria. Um, did they not even have a crowning planned? What happened? What could it be? It could be any number of things. That's the thing. The problem for me is with Resurrection, at least there was a filmed ending where it made sense for the and story. It was and done in an artistic way. Yeah, and it was over COVID, so they were all separated at home, you know, watching these tapes. It, it was at least creatively done. This was just, boom, here's a picture. Like, not even in full mad. color. Not even in full color. Black and fucking white. I was mad. Like put like make everything black and white, and then all of a sudden her face and color. There you go. There's the winner. Especially, portrait. especially because her her promo look was bright green. It would stand out so much. Literally. Um. And then the literal end of the show is a commercial for the tour. Lay Brothers promo plug number three. Check. And that's what left the negative taste in my mouth. I know it just felt like a okay. She won give us money like we didn't even get the credits yet 
yeah. it was that and then the credits at yeah. least on drag race you get the credits and then like we go into um the promo yeah um i don't know if we're ever going to find out what happened or why they did what they did there's not going to be them talking about it on their show i am fairly certain every one of these contestants as an nda what they cannot break this oh absolutely um is it possible that someone outside of this cast might know and will reveal it it's very likely i hope so there's a lot of drama in the drag world i i feel bad for victoria like you, this is what she wanted for so long she gets her moment and doesn't even get to do it right where's the blood and I hope for her case that they can say something to it or give I her agree. a moment. Like yeah. what she literally what, had to film her own version of a crowning. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. I hope they paid for it. Well, I'm sure they didn't because they were charged full price for those breastplates. I mean, I just don't even know how to justify it. I can't. There's no you way can't. to justify You can't that. justify that. It's so disrespectful to put these artists through this, spending all their money, their time, going through all this stress for that. I mean, we all will remember the All-Stars 4 double crowning. They didn't film it. They, that was all post-audio manipulation. Yeah. yeah. But at least we got to see reactions of a, of a crowning. Yeah. Something was off here, and I don't know what it is. And if this is what Dragula is going to be like moving forward, I don't want it. Let's go to the burning questions. That's part of one of my questions. What do you hope to see on season five in this new chapter of Dragula? Two things. I hope to see a real crowning. And I hope to see um, my best friend Onyx Black on. All right. Um, I would love to see Desiree Dick from Washington, D.C., friend of the podcast. She would be great. Very... She's been fighting for it for a while. So I think yeah. her time is coming. She would be um, great for it. I'm fairly certain we'll probably see someone from the House of Hatter or or someone who was part of the House of Hatter next season. I'm just I can just feel it. I can see um, it. I, I think Virginia Thick it might be. If she wants it, I think she might get it. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I could see that. I'm scared. I'm scared yeah. of what this next chapter is going to be if they thought this worked. I feel like from the jump, Dragula has always been kind of an uncertain thing because it's been rocky the whole time, you know, with the inconsistent times between seasons and then now this. What do we even expect as fans? I, I well, here, here's my big fear. You mentioned the shutter issues. Mm-hmm. Was this maybe a okay? Let's see how we can do a mild version of Dragula that we can then put it on cable television on AMC. I think that's, that's what's going to happen. I think that's, I think what's, that's what's going to end up happening, which means the things that we've grown to love about Dragula won't be there because you can't do some of the shit that you used to do. It's like Dragula at 40%. Literally. Granted, AMC is the network that gave you the fucking Walking Dead, and we saw some gross-ass shit on that show. The thing is, that's fiction. This is people actually that's the problem. eating that's things the problem and getting needles shoved through them. It's different, for sure. I, I don't know how this is going to work moving forward. Because again, they the way they spoke about it, if they moved to AMC, I would not be shocked. And that's the new chapter they believe they're having. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just, I hope there is a little more creative control that's taken away from them. 
I agree. You know, in I a think, way that's beneficial though. I think there needs to be a bigger team. Yeah. I think there needs to be more people with opinions because when it comes down to just three or four people, you kind of live in an echo chamber and your opinions all match each other's. And there's no room for someone to step in and say, hey, maybe this idea isn't the best. Hey, maybe if we tried this, it would be good. You know? Yeah, it's... it's... I, I want the extermination challenges back. I yeah. need them. Yeah. But I don't want them and... to be at door 17. I don't want it to be at that stupid haunted house anymore. And also, I want the the little mini movies of the contestants being murdered no oh, okay fine the murder's fine i was like the mini movies at the beginning no we no they, they no. listen to the podcast they know how much i hate that that i can confirm no the contestants being killed at the end i want yes. that back sure but again knowing what this season was i understand why they weren't present but th- yeah. the rest of the season was regular season with just mm-hmm. returning contestants um and I, I i think this is something a lot of people have said if this is the new chapter let this cast and everyone else who lived before it stay there. Season five, I don't want any returning queens. Yeah. It just makes things more difficult. It does. If you put Saint and Dolly together, one of them was going to win. It was a matter of which one was going to be. This is true. I agree. And I say all this because I don't want the show to fail. I don't want the show to go away. It's an important show. It's it is. Absolutely. I just want the show to be what it actually can be it's got there's the so much potential for dragula and they just need to reach it and i have no problem as i said where you want to cross promote your own work and material and new songs and shit but do it in a way where it's not affecting the contestants in their art yeah and also in a way where it's not just shoved down our throats for an hour drag race it's no secret that that's part of the game but it's they're doing what you do on a stage in a regular local bar. Yeah. Lip sync it to someone else's music. Exactly. This is not, you're not going to see Victoria do that performance to Ascension at a gig. It's true. It's true. Where does Victoria rank amongst the winners? Top tier. Best winner. Because I, th- because I think she's the best contestant to ever be on this show. So number one. Yeah, absolutely. I can see it. Um, I mean, I will consider everything she's done throughout the, her three appearances as why she could be number one. Um, Honestly, I could rank all the winners for you right now. Go for it. Victoria. Yeah. And then we have Vander. Okay, I would put Landon there, but okay. I think Vander is sickening. Mm-hmm. Then I would put Landon. Then I would put Dolly. Mm-hmm. Then Saint, and then Bitch Budding. Okay. Listen, I, I think bitch has grown, and I think unfortunately, if we're basing just what we saw on Dragula, bitch is the bottom. Yeah. Far. Oh, I'm just talking about what was presented on the show. There. No, I agree. I agree absolutely. My, my is what I agree, and that's why Saint is that low as well because Resurrection was brilliant, season four was good, season three was obviously the yeah. necessary redemption. Um, no, I, I think your ranking is there. I, uh, again, personally, I would swap Vander and Landon, but. Um, I watched season three in time as opposed to season one. So I have a little different perspective for the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched them all as they aired. I was too afraid at the time. I wasn't really watching drag for the first. Two <laughs> so I understand. That's fair. You know, I That's fair. Um, I really hope it's, it's not the end in a bad way. I hope whatever is next will 
make the show better. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit here and say, I, I hope it does. I hope that they can come back from this. I hope that they can listen to the fans. Uh, I know, as a producer, it must be hard to listen to the fans, but ultimately, you're making this for us. And if you're making something we don't want, we're not gonna watch it, and your ratings are gonna tank. And especially if it is a Shutter series, and you need the people to subscribe. Yeah. Okay. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? You can find me on social media at I Alice in Wonderland on Instagram. That is Allison with two L's because one L is ugly. You can find me on Venmo under my boy name, Alan Brandel, B-R-A-N-D-L. And you can catch me. I know you have a lot of listeners in New York. You can catch me on January 4th at Glamorama at Sunday Bar in Brooklyn, hosted by Xenon TV. I know her. Yes. Allison, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. 